Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cat and Talk. I'm as morning and close as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? North London derby. Need to say more. Let's get into it. Yeah. The big clash at the Emirates, and I mean, of course, the media loving the Spurs after the opening day win over City was also, you know, endless because from the get go, we were already told, you know, we, you know, we just beat the likes of Norwich and Burnley and. You know, not much of a big fuss was made about us, but I mean, also everybody was going on about the the way you know um, Spurs have started. Even though they're now leading up to the North London derby, they had like back to back defeats. Um, you know, with us, it was like we haven't beaten anyone worthy, according to UK media. So I mean, I think from the get go, I mean, I already had that sort of uh, fire going, you know, going into the game, and for me, it was also a good vibe when you saw. Uh, pre-match, uh, David Seaman, uh, they, I mean, he was doing like uh, TV work as well, like uh, outside commentary. And then also Thierry Henry in the crowd. And I mean, there were quite a few of ex-Arsenal, you know, legends in the stadium. And so, I mean, for me already there, from the get-go, it was already a good vibe. Yeah, I know you could feel that, you know, that, that, that. that the first time having like a proper, proper, you know, comp- competitive fixture, at the Emirates, the North London derby, you know, so that that was, you know, really, really rocking. But, you know, mm. like you said, there's either a bit of, still a little bit of worry that, you know, Harry Kane and Son, because, yeah, you know, yeah. they've, they've always been a thorn in our side. And, you know, Daly Ali as well, you know, starting to, to find his feet again in the Spurs team and Lucas Mora as well, quite a pacey guy. So, you know, the Spurs came with his strongest team, basically. And, you know, the, we can't take anything for granted, like you said. And for, for me also personally, also Norwich Burnley, you know, wasn't 100% convinced, you know, happy to take the three points. But I think this was going to be really all eyes on us. I mean, like, with, the, with regards to the lineup and that, um, with Jaka returning to the squad, I mean, I was quite 50 50, uh, you know, regarding that because I just felt uh, Sambi Lakonga didn't do that much wrong. But, I mean, look, I think it's now down to almost like seniority as well. So, you know, the the match kicks off. Arsenal, of course, start very positive. And, I mean, something that you and I have been always talking about yeah. constantly since we do the podcast. I mean, it was like watching them doing that quick attacking football. I mean, I enjoyed it, like the way the buzz already started from the get-go, from the kickoff. Yeah, I know they were, they were closing down, they were pressing. You know, Spurs just, you know, it seemed like Arsenal really started off well. And Spurs were struggling to, you know, find first gear. Yeah, because I mean, for Spurs, for some reason, looked all over the place. Because, you know, as you said now, when you see that that, that names first up from, from Tottenham, you know, you, you do have almost like a bit of concern. But, I mean, when you see uh, Delhi Ali being used almost like an outside winger, which he normally does not play in that position. And then you see Eric Kane not leading the line up front, but he's doing almost like a sort of roaming role behind the, the, the main throw forward because it looks like Son was, you know, leading the line really for them. So for me, it's right there and then it was already like kind of my mind boggled because I thought it was okay, that's their way of uh, going about things. But that being said, 12-minute breakthrough for Arsenal. Saka maneuvers himself into the box with a sharp, sharp cut back. I first thought uh, Odegaard was going to, like the ball was meant for Odegaard because I, I thought, okay, that, that pass looks kind of suspect. But I mean, when you see the sort of the layup and then the sort of, uh, like, you just see Smith Rowe almost like coming out of nowhere and, like, darts in front. And I mean, he just rolls in for an easy goal, 1-0 Arsenal. Yeah, it was a good finish. I mean, he, 
you know, we 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 complaining about him not, you know, finding yeah. the back of the net or not making the good runs. But he, he came in quite late. No one picked him up, and you know, stroked it quite nicely past uh, Hugo Lloris. And like you said, one will Arsenal. And I think you know, it's the first time we really saw Arteta actually celebrate the goal because yeah. I think you know he, that emotion and everything, and he just kind of you know sprang up. I think like I, I don't think I celebrated a goal. So much this season, like uh, or in a while actually, like I uh, did when that first goal went in. Yeah, and I mean, when, when I like when you see the the finish and you see a lot, you see you know planted to the to his line. I don't know for some reason I had a sort of buzz like when we beat Man United that time at at the Emirates, where we blitzed them like that. Yes. We yes. go. We ends up passing the ball, pass, yes. steering it past the gear, and he just stands like you know flat footed, and I thought to myself. This is sort of, you know, rocking or sensation that I wanted or I've been missing for quite a while. Uh, then 15 minutes, uh, Thomas Parton forces Lloris into a save. And I mean, he's feeling like the, the, the shot also looked fantastic because it really made Lloris work to get that ball out to the top corner. So, I mean, I was really happy at that. Because, I mean, we all know Thomas Parton's airborne shots. But, I mean, he's like, you know, I think within the... The last few months, he's now, you know, getting lower and lower with his, his uh, target shooting. Uh, then, twenty-first minute, Son forces Ramsdale into a fantastic save. I mean, usually, if you think of last season when when uh, Son set up Leno uh, for that finish in the uh, game at at uh, the Tottenham Stadium, I, had, I actually had a uh, sort of scare like that moment when you see the ball breaking to Son. But I mean, uh, Ramsdale stood firm, and I mean, he ends up fisting the ball for a corner. Yeah, I know Ramsdale really is, 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 you know, taking that, that number one spot, you know, for Arsenal. And there just seems to be more passion in him in the goals. Like, Leno, you know, and not that you say he doesn't show any passion, but, you know, he yeah. just doesn't show that, you know, that I'm happy to be here. I'm loving this club. And I don't know if it's a case of, you know, maybe, he's, you know, his mind is and heart is not there anymore. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, then maybe kind of, I know it could be early, but Ramsdale is doing good or uh, great at the moment. I mean, I would have say, you know, if, if Leno, you know, doesn't want to be at the club, you know, maybe we have to maybe shift him on before losing him. Like, you know, in the for is it free if we lose him in January in the in the next summer? I believe so, because I think Arsenal have a total different approach now with um you know with regards to contracts when people are start, starting to stall and they they rather make the move up front because from what I heard there were talks between uh, player and management, and I think he's almost like the. I think it's almost like that same concern that we had. Also, if you think of the sort of season we've had, like you know, the last two years now, where you don't know if if this team is actually you know worth. I mean, look at the end of the day, these guys are pros, and but I mean, you actually wonder can you still go further on in your career with the squad as it stands? Like I mean, say speaking regarding the squad of last season. So I think that is what caused he's almost like being tentative on the matter. And I think the minute he did that, that is already when also wanted to make the move for, you know, some somebody that could eventually probably like, you know, replace him. No, hundred percent. And I think um we need to just, you know, I understand with Leno, I think if he goes, he goes because yeah, I, I was, you know, very against the Ramsdale move initially, thinking thirty million for uh, a number two keeper, but you know maybe there was a method behind the madness. And I think if Ramsdale can prove himself, and Leno doesn't want to be at the club, you know, unfortunately, like not unfortunately, you know, then Leno 
if he's not happy to be at Arsenal or wants to, you know, play Champions League football or challenge for titles elsewhere, you know, then I think maybe he should go and do that a little better for both parties. And I mean, what I've I've actually come to now enjoy so far in this little stint that that Ramsdale has had now in in goal for Arsenal, when you watch teams are trying to do the the long throw or that, that, you know, that sort of intimidating corners where they always like, uh, you know, put like three to four guys onto the goalkeeper. And you can see, I think you and I, or I mentioned it to you the other day, where you can see he's got League Two and League One experience where that's like the norm. Yeah. He will come through and I mean, he clears his way if, if you're trying to block him. Like when he comes to a corner and you can see there's actually points now in like where, like when it comes to corners and we, I don't have to stand now and, and, and watch with almost like one eye open because I know we've got now a, a sort of big bully of a goalkeeper that's going to just come smashing through people. No, 100%. And I think um, with him being so tough and rough and strong, you know, it, it's it's maybe what we've been missing in a keeper yeah. and, and, and that, that confidence is kind of flowing through to the back line as well. Yeah, and I mean, you, you see the sort of confidence. And I mean, that was now, even before in that, in that Burnley game already, we could see the likes of Gabriel taking the lead, uh, and it's also like Ben White is also feeding off that. Tierney is, is also like some feed off the, de- the defense, and <coughs> and Tomiasso as well. So yeah, then 27th minute in the game, just as Spurs started getting you know football foothold. <coughs> excuse me, I thought it was 30. Uh, Hoiberg ends up getting dispossessed by Xhaka, who in turn plays to Smith Rowe. One touch pass to Tierney, the ball then gets fired. To Aubameyang, who you know, I mean, with a death flick, steps up uh, the onrushing, <coughs> excuse me, Smith Rowe. He then surges past Sanchez, cuts the ball back, and Aubameyang fires him left footed to no Arsenal. Yeah, what what a, what an excellent goal! I think Arsenal, you know, on the counter attack, blitzed like you would say, took it took advantage, and Aubameyang, you know, seemed a bit more lively this game, and I think that. And I just know that he's maybe getting that touches back. Maybe he's in a better space mentally. You know, he just, he really just, that finish said it all. And it was an excellent, excellent goal by him. And I think Emil Smith Rowe as well, you know, starting to grow in his own as well. Odegaard as well, dictating the game. And I think 2 0 Arsenal. And I think we, we, it just looked like we were hungry to score more because normally you would always see us. Sitting back, sitting back, sitting back. You know, we've complained about it, but it just seemed like this team was ruthless. Yeah, I mean, look, the stadium was rocking. And I mean, what what I'm also enjoying when you watch, like, just to uh, jump a bit back to, to Ramsdale again, and Obama as well. Did you notice now when when he clear, when Ramsdale clears the ball, he's now got a target, man, and Obama is actually winning more headers because he's now bringing it like, with little knockdowns. I mean, I didn't know, really know or expect Obama to have that side to his game. Yeah, no, I think maybe it's, you know, things are being worked on behind closed doors. And like I said, and you also said that I was very disappointed about not having European football. But, you know, it, it seems that Arsenal maybe needed it in hindsight, you know, yeah. they needed to go back to go forward because we can now prepare for each game and each team, you know, per week. It's not the case of where we have to prepare for for playing against Sporting Lisbon or whoever you know, we used to play in the Europa League and then traveling and having to play, you know, against Chelsea or something like that. So as now Arsenal can, you know, kick their feet up, their players can rest and they can come in fresh to a game while Spurs had to play, you know, like, you know, when they have to play Europa Conference League and then they have to play an EFL Cup game. 
Yeah. And then in the 34th minute, um, Harry Kane had inside losing the ball. I up the field, you know, in front of the Arsenal box. Gets dispossessed by Thomas Party. Immediately, I mean, you can really see, you know, the gears clicking in the players' heads because immediately Arsenal on the counter-attack, you know, with a fast counter. I mean, it, it happens. I mean, so quick because the ball ends up going to Odegaard. He plays a short pass uh, to Smith-Rowe, who in turn, you know, releases Saka, who's already bombing down the right flank. Saka ends up getting into the box. Harry Kane, of course, makes a... Uh, I mean, it was actually also, if you think of it, a fantastic defensive run to try to, you know, cover up for his mess. But, I mean, he ends up making a tackle on Saka, but, of course, with the momentum, it ends up just spilling the ball further back into Saka's path, and the young Englishman passes past Lloris, 3-0 Arsenal. Oh, I think that was amazing. Yeah, I was even rocking after that, even myself, as I watching the game from home. And I think, you know, it just shows that Saka does very well with his finishes when he doesn't have to think. You know, it's yeah, an yeah. instinct finish, you know, we just have to get up and act and put the ball in the net. I think he struggles a bit when he has to, you know, have to make a decision, when he has to one-on-one, there's time to think about. And I think, you know, that has to come with, with, with experience and, you know, practice. But, you know, when he, that instinct of his was, was second to none there. And like you said, 3-0 to Arsenal. And, like, you know, you, you see, like, uh, I, I started being Canadian and, like, you know, I want more, I want more, I was thinking to myself. Yeah, because I, mean, I was thinking we are going to go down those lines where we can really, you know, and the ass whooping to a team. But, I mean, that being said, we're going to halftime, uh, 3-0 up. Um, I think it, with the second half, it was a way more um, conservative way of of a performance because I think we weren't overexerting ourselves. Like we knew, well, you know, what we had to do or the, what part of the job was done. And it was like just down to Tottenham, uh, you know, letting Tottenham come out and open. But I think that even then they were... Still confused as to how to, you know, take the game to us because it's not like we were really breaking that much of a sweat. Yeah, no, no, we weren't. It was, I just like it. I, I guess you know, if you if you look at the grand scheme of things, you know, we obviously would have wanted more, but you know, we've seen Arsenal over the years being three 0 up or four 0 up or whatever scoreline up, and it, all it takes is that one early goal, and, and and suddenly the the nerves are up in the second half. You know, if Spurs yeah. to score early, so I think it was a more professional, like you said, conservative approach, just kind of trying to, you know, not allowing Spurs into the game and, and dictating, you know, that this is our home ground and this is how we're going to play it. Yeah. Then, I think the, the real big scare for Arsenal came 60th minute. Harry Kane almost like, looked like he was on a run to nowhere. And almost like out of the blue. I mean, but I mean, that also shows his, his talent. You know, he just lets a rip from about 25 yards across, across, uh, across goal shot. And I mean, the Ramsdale had to make a fantastic low drive, say, like, you know, to palm the ball away, which I think got cleared by Tommy Yasso. Then, 73rd minute, Saka then works. Loris also with a fine cross shot. As, uh, as Arsenal now started to almost like just cherry pick win and like win and win on to, to uh, hit uh, Tottenham on the counter. Son then pulls a goal back uh, to make it 3 1. In, in, in also, in that crazy moment, Xhaka ends up getting injured. In, in like uh, in the process, but again, I think I'm not sure if you and I discussed it off, like you know, uh, behind the scenes. But it's like it was really innocuous cha- like uh, tackle because yeah. Thomas Party ends up going in hard on on Lucas Moura, who ends up falling. And I mean, it's not like uh, you know done with any 
uh, malice or whatever, but he ends up then falling with Jaka's leg, almost like bucked sideways at him. And I mean, he ends up almost like hyperextending uh, Jaka's knee. Then. Yeah, no, that seemed like quite uh, like you could see when he when he fell on him that it was going to be a a, a bad injury. Like you know, it yeah. wasn't the impact; it was more the the way he fell on on on, on Jaka. Yeah. Then eighty six minute, of course, force injury. Lakonga then came in for Jeremy Jaka, and then about five minutes later, uh, Saka uh, Smith Rowe came off, and then. You know, Nuno Tavares and uh, Maitland Nielsen came on. It was like to kind of show up the game as well. I think uh, it's a good good move to do that. <laughs> just to kind of, you know, close that game I, off, like you said. Okay, look, I, I don't want to put a dampener on things or whatever, but I mean, it was, was a fantastic, uh, you know, game that, that, to that point. But I still think Arteta should have taken Jaco five minutes before because you could see... There were certain players in the team that were struggling, like really struggling at the, you know, the last, especially the last 10 minutes. And I just thought to myself, you should not be stalling now because in the end, I mean, at the end up, because I'm not, I mean, you've played football, you play football as well, where the concentration levels also start dipping sharp, even though you, you know, you're in the zone and it, but when fatigue starts eating, it's when those sort of moments also happen, you know, where, uh, it was like a clumsy or innocuous challenge, and then I mean, it ends up like six, ten times worse. But I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm uh, wishing a speedy recovery because they did not find out the uh, rupture of the MCL. Oh. So, I mean, he's going to be able, I think, out about uh, four months, I believe January 2022 should be the return date, or roughly return date for him. Um, then, like I said, in the 92nd minute, you know, as the game starts winding down, Lucas Mora ends up cutting inside and lets fly with a, you know, a fierce left foot drive, which rams it. I mean, he pulls a fantastic save, tipping the ball onto the crossbar. And I mean, the ball ends up just clearly getting cleared for a corner. Yeah, and you can see the passion in that save he made and, 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 and like the players, the defense, you know, are, are quite appreciative of, of what the save he made. And I think... Yeah. Um, that could have also made it a very nervous ending to the game and like flattered the scoreline because I mean Spurs were nowhere in that game. Yeah, I think that, that would have. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think it would have tarnished that, uh, the three points. Um, yeah. That being said, we you know we move now on to the game up, coming up the weekend or uh, the Saturday game, Brighton versus Arsenal. I mean Graham Potter's seasiders of you know flying high. Six in the league, and I'm in a real tough nut to crack so far. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a very tricky Brighton game. I mean, we've played Brighton before. They've, they've, you know, they. It hasn't been a happy hunting ground always for us. So I think it's going to be a, a real, a real tough test. And I think another test for Arsenal away from home this time <laughs> against the high-flying Brighton side. And I think, you know, if Arsenal can 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 get the three points, it will be a uh, you know, I know a lot of people might think, you know, why is the international break coming now? But I think, you know, like that cricket, uh, when cricket, when 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 those watch cricket, like a uh, batsman to get to the hundred, needs to score ten runs at the time. And I think, you know, that if we can rack up four wins, it's good to rack up that four wins and kind of, you know, take that break and almost start the game fresh when when we come back after the international break. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree because. I think also now, you know, when you can almost like regroup again, check, you know, you know, go through the players again, maybe 
sort, you know, besides the, the usual drill that we're now doing, work them again. Because like you, <coughs> excuse me, you also don't know how many of the players we are going to lose with the international break. Because we were quite lucky with the last one because many, you know, with regards to that red list thing with the COVID thing, where some countries were, uh, you know, banned from playing in, in other countries where uh, the cases were quite high. So I think there we can also, you know, we were quite lucky so we could balance the squad better and, and work with a, you know, almost like near full strength team. So I think now, I mean, this is going to be interesting to see how many we now do lose for this break. I mean, there's nothing said yet because some teams are only, <coughs> excuse me, releasing the, the, the uh, you know, the, the squads, the international break, the squads um, over the weekend. So, you know, that being said, uh, the Jack injury, as I mentioned already, and then I mean the other topic also going to bring up was, uh, other than the Xhaka injuries, actually, have, which is quite strange in Arsenal terms, there's actually a, full, a, near, a near full foot squad that's going to take on Bright the weekend. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to take that position in the middle of the park because, you know, you have party, but who do you, who would you partner with him? Like, would you go Lukonga or would you go Maitland-Niles? Because, you know, this is going to be a, a centre-mid partnership that's going to have to probably take us through from... Now, till he said Jaka comes back, or we, we dip into the transfer market in January and, and sign someone. Look, uh, with regards to signing, uh, I don't know because I'm mean, looking also now the, the club's uh, financial condition going into even a January window. I think, but I mean, as we know, also they always keep some you know money aside in the kitty for that. But, um, you know, with regards to <coughs> Brighton, you know, your favorite player of these is going to also have probably a big say in the game because. Even if you get the key players as Pascal Gross, uh, Yves Basuma, and then Joel yeah. uh, Feldman. So, I mean, it just shows you where the real, at, at, the, at the heart of the work rate is or the machine is that will have to be sorted out. Because, as you said now, you're going to need a sort of, not only Thomas Party, but you're going to need another sort of grafter that can get you know, their foot stuck in there. Because not like in a dirty way, but to show like physically you are up to, to that. So, I think it should be a good. Game for even someone like Lukonga. I mean, I don't have a problem because, look, Maitre Niles and Lukonga have not disappointed so far this season. Yeah, that's true. And don't forget about Neil Mbappé as well. Yeah, I mean, he's been getting all the, you know, quite vital goals. I mean, he ends up with on the verge of losing his Crystal Palace last Monday night. And then he ends up, you know, popping up with the equaliser late on. Um, and I mean, the one thing that I also enjoy to watch now at the moment is seeing, uh, uh, like it was regards to us now, a more confident and 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 uh, uh, what's the other word also on the side with regards to Obama and you can actually see he looks a bit rejuvenated that's the word because I, I mean I don't know if it's now the the sort of break that he's also had the other the sort of mindset in the team because I mean even at, at full time of the Tottenham game when you see him and, and, and Ateta arguing and you think to yourself before it was almost like you know everybody's almost like scowling at each other, and then now you see a sort of different buzz, different you know attitude or mindset in the squad now. No, I never seen it. So I'm, I'm just happy with the way things are going, and I think, like I said, if we can get that win against Brighton, you know, from from where we were at the start of you know at the season and at international break, it is all kind of you know doom and gloom, and I think yeah. you know our. our our theme of, of the Norwich game was that our season starts now, mm. you know, in, before the Norwich game. So, 
you know, hopefully we can end off against Brighton, pick up the four points, and, you know, we can kick up in our feet up in the international break. Yeah. So with that, we're going to end the shortened podcast. Hope you guys take care, guys. Onwards and upwards. Come on, you gunners. Let's get the three points, get Brighton, guys. Enjoy the game.